when you ask the petrol pump attendant bhai tank full kar dena do you ask him which petrol is he filling e10 or e20 i bet you don't but you are not alone no i had no idea and i don't think this is something that is publicly known well enough what why is ethanol even blended in petrol i was so unaware of it what is ethanol has this always been the case or is this started happening recently what is ethanol is it some kind of a new chemical hope it does not damage my car it's an expensive one if ethanol is blending in my petrol i hope my car doesn't give me problems in the future Most of us are unaware what E10 or E20 is. In fact, did you know that E10 has been powering our cars and bikes for nearly a year now? And as India introduces E20 petrol at select retail outlets, new cars that are not E20 compliant will not be registered from April 1st. In 2 years from now, E20 will be available across the country the way E10 is right now. But what is this E10 or E20? And why is it relevant for you and me? Well, the E in E20 is ethanol and 10 or 20 is the percentage mix in petrol. So E20 blended petrol would mean 80% petrol with 20% mix of ethanol. Eventually we may see A85 or E100 which means negligible or no petrol in our cars now ethanol is a green fuel produced by the fermentation of sugars and food grains ethanol blending has so far saved india over 54000 crore rupees in foreign exchange reduced substantial carbon emissions and increased farmers income awesome right but before which year Let's understand that we are paying the same price for E10 or E20 as we were paying for petrol before. Some of the vehicle owners who do know about ethanol blending had similar questions. From what I understand is that it kind of gives makes petrol a higher octane, which in the sense they create more energy and less pollution in the same amount. I've read about the cost savings that E10 ethanol blending is meant for the government, but whether it will trickle down to the common person is something that we have to really wait and watch. I think it's a good thing as far as the cost is concerned. I'm actually not sure as in if the cost is reduced definitely ethanol is cheaper than petrol in terms of crude volumes but yeah if we are paying for 10% of things the government should reconsider the fuel prices currently if it goes to the E20 stage. But there are some other questions that loom large. Is an increased ethanol blended petrol good for our cars health? Why blend ethanol when India is pushing for electric and CNG vehicles? And since ethanol is a plant-based fuel, would it be a threat to our food and water security? All this and much more in today's episode of the Morning Brief. It's Tuesday, 4th of April. From the Economic Times, I'm Kalpana Patak, and in this episode, I decode whether E20 is as good for our cars as it is for the environment and India's fuel bill. Joining me are Hemal Thakkar, Director of Transport, Logistics, and Mobility at Crisil, and Kishan Karunakaran, CEO of Biofuel, a startup that's an online marketplace for biofuels. 
I also bring in insights from petrol pump owners and senior executives from oil companies whom I spoke to but who did not wish to be identified. This is the morning brief. Hundred years ago, Henry Ford used ethanol in his Model T, the first affordable car. But mixing ethanol with petrol came only during World War II when fuel was in short supply. Today, ethanol blended petrol is used in vehicles across the world, with the US and Brazil having 84% of global share. India wants to do the same. Our own journey with ethanol began 20 years ago, but we stepped up on the gas only after 2014. In fact, last year, India achieved a 10% blending norm and encouraged by the results, we have now advanced our 20% blending targets by 5 years to 2025. But hold on. Ethanol blended petrol reduces efficiency by 7%. Burning 1 liter of ethanol gives around 34% less energy than burning the same amount of petrol. Now, oil companies know that. Auto companies know that, but we don't. A few petrol pump owners I spoke to said that many customers come to them complaining about the quality of petrol at their outlets. Some even allege that they have mixed water with petrol. It is then that the customers learn about eaten blended petrol. This is what a petrol pump owner said on the condition of anonymity. So I would like to inform that people come to the petrol pump who have ethanol mixed with their petrol and they feel that it is like water but in fact it is all ethanol but the mechanics take them for a ride and then the people start complaining that it is water whereas it is all ethanol. In fact all vehicles manufactured in India are tuned for E10 but they may not be able to run on a higher blend. What is surprising is that neither auto manufacturers nor oil companies have yet educated vehicle owners on the effects of E20 on their vehicles. Since ethanol absorbs moisture from the air and separates water from petrol, this water corrodes the engine leading to starting issues. Some petrol pump owners are now educating their customers that it's not petrol adulteration but the ethanol blending that is the cause. They also display a sign at the outlets advising customers not to pressure wash vehicles as it could lead to water seeping into the engine and damaging it and other parts. Hemal Thakkar, Director Transport Logistics and Mobility at Crisil agrees that E20 would impact vehicle performance. Yes, Kalpana, ethanol blending is expected to impact fuel efficiency. As per our industry interactions, what we come to know is E20 petrol would have about 5 to 7% less fuel efficient vehicles as compared to unblended fuel ethanol blending improves the engine performance as ethanol has higher ron which is research octane number thus yielding high power for these engines and reduces knocking tendency so of course there will be some betterment but net net what we feel is it will reduce the fuel efficiency by about 5 to 7% and may also lead to an increase in maintenance cost going forward So what can be done about it the current vehicle owners that use vehicles which are not E20 compliant who use you know fuel stabilizers or fuel additives or other formulations which could minimize the impact of E20 fuel in their engine and the fuel suppliers to the associated parts but i think that is something which we'll have to see how it pans out over a period of time 
because what we understand is from 1st april new vehicles will have to be material compliant with e20 and the ones on road or the ones in the park continue to be the ones which are not compliant to e20 and when you say maintenance cost will go up is there an estimate as to how much will that go up by estimate would be a little difficult but what i could at least say is that the replacement frequency and maintenance cost would increase for vehicles in operation as the corrosive nature of e20 fuel that may lead to corrosion in engine parts in some fuel lines uh, maybe in a few plastic and rubber parts also over a period of time and that is the reason this could lead to higher operation or maintenance cost however with ethanol blending happening the fuel cost should also ideally come down because ethanol is available at a lower prices compared to the global crude prices that we have today Okay, that's interesting, Hemal. Because when I spoke to oil marketing companies, they said they can't reduce the fuel prices because they are procuring it at an expensive rate. So what I understand is ethanol probably would be available at about sixty rupees plus or minus five to ten percent, uh, depending on how it is procured, etc. But what is also important to understand is uh, transporting ethanol across the country is going to be one challenge. and maybe it could be transported up to the leads of 100 or 150 kilometers but transporting it more than that could lead to logistical challenges also what is extremely critical is because of this there should be ethanol clusters available across the country at various locations which we are seeing happening to a certain extent because uh, india slowly gradually is also moving away from only sugarcane based ethanol to even serial based ethanol so from that perspective we are seeing that happening but it will take some time and going forward we should see that possible over a period of time you mentioned that from 1st april cars that are not material compliant with e20 will not be registered what happens right. to millions of vehicles on the road in that case i believe that oems will recommend the current vehicle owners to use either some kind of fuel stabilizers or maybe fuel additives or some formulations which will minimize the impact of e20 fuel in their engine and fuel supply associated parts i don't see any other way in which this can be mitigated because those vehicles are already on road and they are not e20 compliant for vehicles to be e20 compliant and more the government has asked auto companies to bring in flex fuel vehicles or ffvs these are capable of running on a combination of 100% petrol or 100% ethanol the introduction of such vehicles will involve some degree of vehicle modification and tuning so you can expect the price of cars to increase by up to 25000 rupees and two wheelers for up to 12000 rupees i asked himal what is the update on flex fuel vehicles so if you see you know uh, toyota launched their corolla altus flex fuel vehicle which is you know also a strong hybrid electric vehicle sometime last year and the vehicle is still in testing phase or in the pilot phase maruti also along with siam and uh, government of india showcased a prototype flex fuel wagoner and that can run on any concentration of ethanol blended fuel from 20% to 85% and uh, maruti has been very openly stating that it plans to launch fully ethanol compliant vehicles from 2025 onwards also at the recently concluded uh, auto expo Uh, we have seen large two wheeler manufacturers display flex fuel vehicles 
HMSI has said that it plans to launch flex fuel vehicles in India from 24. Similarly, just a couple of days ago, Suzuki launched its OBD2 and E20 compliant uh, range of scooters. And they have introduced E20 fuel compliant scooters, you know, throughout their major selling models like Access 125, Avenus and Bergman. So these scooters can run on petrol having an ethanol blend of up to 20%. Also, as I mentioned, during Expo, we've also seen Bajaj, TVS, Hero and Yamaha showcase their flex fuel vehicle range. So there is reasonable momentum which is happening in this space. But as I said, as of now, from April 2023, all vehicles sold should be E20 material compliant. Hemel, India is simultaneously building an EV network, a CNG and LNG network. How relevant will ethanol be going forward? And aren't we confusing the consumers here? A very, very relevant and important question. See, consumers' acceptance and mass adoption of alternate fuel vehicles, you know, whether it is hybrid, CNG, EV, you know, it would require more years to achieve sizable penetration, especially, you know, in the passenger vehicle segment, if I have to say so. Thus, to have a significant impact on reduction of fossil fuel imports, ethanol blending will provide some kind of support. Also, if you see from 2025, any vehicle that is sold in India should be E20 fuel compliant and OEMs might also develop their engines, which are E20 or above, which means even E85 could exist if the OEM wishes to develop. And this will improve the significance of ethanol blended fuels going forward. In the passenger vehicle segment currently, the penetration of EVs or electric vehicles is a little over 1%. Petrol is at 68%, diesel 19% and CNG 11%. Hamel says that while some Japanese auto manufacturers want to adopt ethanol-based technologies, Indian manufacturers are more keen on EVs. But one thing is for sure. In the near future, petrol vehicles will continue to dominate the roads. That means... India needs to increase its ethanol capacity. Kishan Karunakaran, CEO at Biofuel, doesn't see India facing an ethanol supply challenge. In terms of ethanol production, I think India has always surpassed its targets, as happened right from E5. And uh, I think we have sufficient production currently uh, already to meet the blending uh, target of E20. In fact, the favorable policies uh, of the government in terms of various uh, incentives that it's given to sugar companies to add bioethanol manufacturing in their facilities. We're very confident, I think, that India should be able to reach its E20 blending targets before 2025, as it has always happened with bioethanol targets for India. Kishan, what about raw material challenges for ethanol? Currently, I don't think there is a major challenge on the demand side. But yeah, again, sugar being a crop that is extremely water dependent, certain weather spells or climate change, if it affects rainfalls, can have certain impact on sugar output and hence can also have certain impact on bioethanol output as a result of this. But otherwise, I think policy, demand and supply manufacturing side, I think India is pretty well covered on the supply on, on all these three sides. And India further opened up for grain-based bioethanol manufacturing and also for lignocellulosic-based bioethanol, which will increase further production of bioethanol and opens up new other possibilities of bioethanol in India. So I think most of the supply challenges are also covered up in India. 
So how many ethanol producers does India have right now and are there more in the pipeline? There are at least 15 really big manufacturers of bioethanol in India who probably manufacture close to upwards of 40% of India's total bioethanol output. But more than 50% of India's sugar manufacturers also have doubled up bioethanol manufacturers today uh, because of the various incentives that the government has offered in this particular direction. Additionally, the pipeline is more towards the new sugar facilities that are coming up with bioethanol facilities. There are certain biorefinery facilities that are coming up in India because India has opened up lignocellulosic 2G-based bioethanol manufacturing. And there's also opened up old grain-based bioethanol manufacturing. So uh, there are a lot of units uh, that are coming up in these directions also uh, based on these technologies. And over the next two to three years, that's still to 2025, at least another 15 to 20 units will be coming up. These units will be important to keep ethanol flowing because ethanol from sugar is not environmentally sustainable. Cultivation of each kg of sugar requires 1,600 to 2,000 litres of water. But sugarcane farmers are seeing a stable and increased income thanks to ethanol production and guaranteed purchases from oil companies. For them, sugarcane crop has never been sweeter. I spoke to one such farmer, Satyaprakash Mishra from Sitapur, Uttar Pradesh. जो चीनी मिले हैं अब हमारे उत्तर प्रदेश में 14 दिनों के अंदर सीधे किसान के खाते में गन्ना मूल्य का भुगतान कर पा रही हैं इससे जहां एक ओर हमारे सारे खर्चे चाहे शिक्षा हो स्वास्थ्य हो पारिवारिक खर्चे हो उनको हम कर पा रहे हैं तो वहीं और क्या हुआ है कि हम अपने पैसे को जो अतिरिक्त हमारा बचा हुआ पैसा है उसको हम व्यवसाय में लगा के अपनी आय को बढ़ा रहे हैं आज के समय में हम गन्ना किसानों कि जो पारिवारिक एक दशा और दिशा है वो बहुत सुदृढ़ हुई है केंद्र सरकार की इस योजना के अंतर्गत हमें अब बैंकों से कर्ज नहीं लेना पड़ता है समय पर हमारा पैसा हमें मिल जाने से हम उसको व्यवसाय में भी लगा देते हैं कि अब किसान अन्नदाता से ऊर्जादाता बन गया है हम देश को रफ्तार देने का काम कर रहे हैं गति देने का काम कर रहे हैं शुगरकेन फार्मर्स वुड एग्री विद मिश्रा बट व्हाट अबाउट फूड एंड वाटर सिक्योरिटी Food concerns, we'll have to see how the situation pans out. Because over the last couple of years, we've only seen uh, the food grain production growing at very low single-digit rate. And with the country being largely rain-fed, because uh, barring the northern part of the country and in certain pockets on the western and southern part, most of the regions are rain-fed dependent and irrigation intensity is low. So if we are going to depend on rainfall for production of grains and hence production of ethanol, then this could be one concern going forward because what if there is a drought here? You know, will we be in a position to import ethanol and allow blending? Also, uh, I would say there is another thing that I'm seeing from a supply friend is that how will you dispense this ethanol? Because today... Most of the petrol pumps that are run by OMCs have a single bunker which dispenses petrol. You already have two uh, nozzles. One is for uh, petrol, which is the power fuel, and the other, which is, you know, the normal fuel. And now, will you again have two other categories getting added into it, which will be E20-based fuel, and which is non-power and power. So it is not going to be very easy for that matter. And... Uh, 
there is a lot of alignment that will have to happen on this front you know going forward no doubt ethanol has helped india save crores of rupees in fuel bill and reduce carbon emissions but what about the carbon dioxide in growing the crops that produce ethanol doesn't it negate the co2 emission gains from ethanol and then sugarcane guzzles a lot of water water which is not just precious it's volatile with erratic rains and long dry spells becoming more common every year so india's fields and crops just can't afford the misuse of water or its overuse on one crop thus we need to invest faster in sources of ethanol because it's evident that despite the government's ev push petrol diesel hybrid and cng will coexist ethanol has to have less reliance on food sources we can't afford to risk food security for partial energy security when the us decided to blend more ethanol it drove up the prices of corn the main source of ethanol in the country amidst all this it's we the consumers that need to be at the heart of this energy transition but the benefit of ethanol blending hasn't yet been passed on to us plus the oil companies and auto manufacturers are yet to educate the customers on how to keep the engine of their valuable vehicles in good health until that happens you and i need to ask our neighborhood mechanics and auto dealers about what safety measures to take to ensure our vehicles good health good luck with your inquiries that's it for today from me kalpana patak you were listening to e20 will it hurt your car's engine only on the morning brief a big thank you to hemal kishan for sharing their insights sound editor for this episode is rajas naik and show producer is vinay joshi executive producers anupriya nair anirban choudhury and orijit barman we hope you like this episode do share it on your social media networks don't forget to tune into the new episodes of the morning brief podcast every tuesday thursday and friday it streams on amazon prime music jio savan spotify apple and google podcast and of course et's own audio platform et play have a great week ahead <laughs>